The Medallion, Chapter 37 Kate gazed into the pool behind the high priest building in Kadir. It felt like weeks had gone by since Jorad brought her here to meet Tirith. Madame Torig will be along just as soon as she can. Kate jumped at Garrick's voice. He always appeared out of nowhere. This was the safest place to bring you since Jorad is out looking for you in the city. Who is the bald man that gave his soldiers to Jorad? Kate asked. That was the mayor of the city of refuge where Madame Torig used to live. He sat across from her on the wall surrounding the pool. She is concerned for you, Tirith, and it isn't only because she does not want Jord or the mayor to get their hands on her medallion. Kate looked into the pool. Her reflection accused her of deceiving him as she turned away. Garrett cleared his throat. Looking after your mother is a full-time job. She likes to get herself in all kinds of trouble, and it looks like her daughter takes after her. Kate took a deep breath. I am not her daughter. Garrick's smile fell away. Madam told me about how your father turned you against her, but please don't deny her to her face. She speaks of you often since she and Atia were forced to flee the palace. Kate didn't respond as her mind was busy connecting the snippets of conversation together. Atia and Tirith were sisters? That would explain why Atia was always comparing herself to Tirith and was so jealous of her. Garrick continued, I don't know what your father said about your mother, but now that he is dead, she and Atia are the only family you have left. You should at least listen to her side of the story. He paused. I was close to your father in the early days, and although I am sure you must miss him now, you need to know he was responsible for much of the trouble in Kadir. Kate shook her head. It's not that I don't believe you. I'm just not the person you think I am. Yes, I have heard you are more rigid in your judgment these days, but I think that must be due to the weight of leadership. I feel it myself at times, but you are still young. You will learn how to seek the truth while still being compassionate. He pointed to her neck. Your mother's medallion can help you balance justice and mercy. Kate shrugged. She had no idea what he was talking about, and he wasn't able to understand what she was trying to tell him. Garrick stood, glancing back to the row of huts. Your mother is delayed, but she instructed me that whatever happens I must make sure you are across the plaza and back into the palace before the light returns. The captain of the guard must not find out that the rebel leader abducted you or we will immediately be at war. He smiled. They would have to be blind not to notice that something has happened to you tonight. A princess from the palace has no reason to be running about Kadir in a rebel soldier's uniform. Kate jumped up from the wall. I forgot I had this on, and I have the matching pants and shirt underneath. I can't go back like this. Garrick chuckled and held up a priest's robe. That is why I went to search their rooms. This will get you back inside the palace. Tirith has been known to wander the streets in disguise to avoid talking with people. He handed it to Kate. Kate quickly removed the soldier's tunic and pulled the priest's robe over the rest of the soldier's uniform. She was happy to find that it was musty but didn't stink of sweat. She held the soldier's tunic out. Garrick took the uniform from her. That's better, but it's still obvious you've been running about Kadir. You don't get that dirty sleeping in your own bed. Kate swallowed the lump in her throat. She was already nervous about pretending to be Tirith. Would a dirty priest's tunic be a dead giveaway? Garrick motioned to the stairs that led through the priest's building and into the courtyard. We must get you back to your quarters before the light comes and people are up and about in the palace. He helped her to her feet. Please be careful. There are many who will want to take your medallion. Do not trust anyone. Garrick helped Kate to her feet, guided her over to the stairs, and then vanished into the shadows. Garrick said not to trust anyone, but the nameless voice in the tunnel had warned her not to trust Garrick or Madame Torig. According to him, they too wanted the glowing medallion. Making her way up the stairs and down a hall, Kate passed the high room with the big table. It was empty and she peeked inside the door. A large tapestry hung on the wall and someone had cut a hole in the middle of a large tree. 
embroidered tree leaves sprouted above the hole the trunk cut out where the branches began. Kate continued through a broken-down front door and across the courtyard that led into the main plaza. Pausing under the arch of the broken temple gates, she looked out over the cobblestones to the small door where Jorid sought an audience with Tirith. Kate hurried across the empty plaza toward the door, then slowed down. It might not be good for a princess to be seen running. She had almost reached the door when a soft whistle came from behind her. Garrick stood in the doorway to the priest's compound. A woman with red hair stood beside him, waving at Kate and wiping tears from her eyes. Kate took a step toward them, but the woman shook her head and waved Kate on toward the palace gate. Kate turned back. Hopefully she would get the chance at some point to tell the woman she wasn't her daughter, and by then the real Tirith would be rescued. Of course, if the palace guards figured it out first, it wouldn't matter much. Pulling her hood up over her head, Kate took a deep breath and knocked on the door. Nothing happened. She knocked louder. The door swung open. A soldier wiped the sleep from his eyes. What are you? He dropped his hand and jumped to attention. I'm sorry, princess. I did not realize you were out in the plaza. Kate looked at him. If she spoke, he would know she wasn't Tirith. He pulled the door open wide and bowed as he backed out of the way, keeping his eyes to the ground. I beg you not to report me to the captain, your highness. Kate walked past him and into a compound that surrounded a tall stone building inset with rows of windows. As she reached the stairs leading up to the center of the palace, the guard scurried past to open the door at the top. Please, your highness, I did not intend to fall asleep. The captain ordered extra shifts to prepare us for a possible attack from the rebels. We are all very tired. I promise it will not happen again. Kate nodded and he sagged with relief. Thank you. I always knew you'd be merciful in spite of what the... His face flushed and he straightened again, extending a hand toward the open door. Kate stepped through into an ornate hall with a wide staircase that curved up to the second floor of the building. The door shut behind her, its echo reverberating through the halls. It's about time, a shrill voice called sharply from above. A short, wiry woman peered over the second-story balustrade, waving her toward the staircase. Get yourself up here. We can't let the staff see you in such a state. It was a sort of voice Kate obeyed and she ran for the stairs, her hand gliding over the polished railing. The woman waited for her to the left side of the landing. Where have you been? I've never seen your face so dirty. I can't imagine what the captain would think to see you in such a state. The woman was waiting for her to come over, but instead Kate turned sharply to the right. Yes, I would imagine you must be tired after staying out the whole night. And what in all the core are you wearing? She followed Kate and was quickly catching up. Don't tell me you were sneaking around trying to find Jord again. He's no better than that brother of his. You need to forget both of them. Kate glanced up the hall and headed for the first flat-top door she saw. Yes, you get cleaned up. No doubt the captain of the guard will be stopping by. For such a tough soldier, he certainly turns the mush around you. Kate approached the door and the woman raised her voice. I hope your walkabout helped you make up your mind about his proposal of marriage. You can't keep him waiting forever. Kate stepped through the door and shut it firmly behind her. Tirith hadn't said anything about marriage. Did everyone get married so young down here? She looked around the room. Couches with tables on either side of them lined three of the walls, and on the fourth was a polished marble door. Kate opened the door and peeked inside. Beautiful tapestries covered with trees and flowers hung on cream-colored walls around a bed draped in sheer white fabric. She stepped inside onto a soft rug. It was warm in here and smelled like perfume. Unlacing her sneakers, she put them down behind the door. Shedding the musty tunic Garrick had given her, Kate dropped it on the sneakers. Above a shelf on the wall hung a polished metal mirror, and the cubby holes below it contained an assortment of containers. Kate opened one made of marbled white stone and sniffed the clear gel inside. The scent reminded her of the lilacs at Corvin's house. Looking up, 
Kate studied her reflection. The old woman had to be Tiris' nurse, Mara, and if she'd come any closer, she would have known for sure Kate was an imposter. Taking off Tiris' ring and chain, she hung it on a peg next to the mirror. It didn't feel right to be wearing something so intimate between Tirith and the captain of the guard. As she pulled off the medallion, it spun around and cast its light around the room. Placing it face down on the shelf, she slid it in behind the jars of perfume. It felt good not to have its weight around her neck. Behind a folding screen in the corner of the room, Kate discovered a towel on a rack next to a slender water jar with its pointy bottom stuck into a square block of rock. Both the jar and the rock were warm, and beside them was a ceramic bowl on a metal stand. Kate was about to fill the bowl and wash her face when she noticed a shallow indentation in the floor with a circle of small drain holes in its center. Stripping off the shirt and pants that Tia found for her, Kate stood in the depression. The stone floor was also warm, and warm air flowed up around her body from the drain holes. Filling the bowl, she closed her eyes and poured it slowly over her head. The sheer delight of being warm again brought a giggle bubbling past her lips. As she refilled the bowl of water, she discovered an arrangement of colored globes in a dish. The balls were soaps of various scents and she tested them all, settling on a pink one for her hair and a green one for her body. A blue dressing gown hung over the back of the screen and Kate slipped it on. The gown had been warm by the air coming out of the vent holes in the floor and she reveled in the feeling of being warm and dry. Crossing over to the mirror, Kate picked up a comb and began to coax the tangles out of her hair. The red highlights were all gone and her hair was fully black, just like Tirith's. She hoped Tirith was doing all right back in the tent at the Rebel Clearing. If she were Tirith, she would never leave this place and go out into the cold cavern of Kadir. Movement at the edge of the mirror froze her hand in place. A man in a black tunic with a red insignia on his chest stood back from her bedroom doorway. I am sorry, Tirith. I should not have intruded, but Mara insisted that I see you right away. He gestured over his shoulder and Kate made out a murky shadow holding the door open. Kate put the comb down. Without turning around, she gestured for the man to come in and shut the door. Thankfully, he understood, and Mara's blurry face in the outer room vanished from the sight. I am sorry for coming here like this, but I received a report that you were kidnapped by the rebels, and I wanted to make sure you were safe. Kate took a deep breath and turned to face the captain. His eyebrows knit together and his smile vanished. He strode toward her, his commanding presence pressing Kate back against the shelf. Who are you? The worry on his face mixed with the anger in his voice, and she stepped around the bed, keeping it between them. Tira sent me here, she said. Why, where is she? She said she doesn't want you to try to rescue her, but instead you should talk to her father. What are you talking about? Her father is dead. Why are you lying to me? Kate pointed to the mirror. I'm not lying. Tira said if I gave you that ring, you would believe me. She said to tell you she wore it to honor your pledge. The captain gently pulled the ring from the peg and turned back slowly to Kate. The intense look on his face dissipated. I declared my intentions to her, but she loves another he said. Where is she now? Your report was right. The rebels took her. To where? He drew closer, but this time Kate didn't feel intimidated. She told him what had happened out in the crypts, but when she got to the part about Tira's father being alive, he put up his hand to stop her. Are you sure that's right? Her father is dead. Maybe she meant I should talk to Jord, the new high priest. No, Tira said you would have a hard time believing it, but her father is alive. He's hiding out in the caretaker's cave under the temple karst. He survived the water when he let himself fall in. The captain paced back and forth in front of the bed a few times, his hands stroking his chin. What's your name? Kate. Yes, of course. You're the girl the rebel leader said he would marry the last time. You were lucky to escape. I didn't want to marry him. The marriage was not the greatest danger facing you. Had you married him, you would have died at the ceremony. 
the palace guard was going to be blamed for your death and Kadir attacked that same night. I have no doubt he's planning the exact same thing for Tirith this time around. He is, but Tirith said she can convince him to delay the wedding for a short time. That won't work. The rebel leader is not a rational man. I must go immediately to her and cannot take the time to contact her father first. You will need to find him and tell him yourself what has happened to Tirith. He will tell you what to do next. Kate opened her mouth to object, but he raised his hand. It is the only way to save both Tirith and Kadir. He pointed to the wall on the side of the mirror. Tirith often wears that white veil in public to hide her scarred face from people who gawk at her. Wear it and Mara should be fooled. I will tell her you are to be left alone, that you have a lot on your mind as you have finally agreed to marry me. If she questions you, just ignore her. Tirith does it all the time. A faint smile touched his face. When you find Tirith's father, tell him what you have told me and let him know I will come to him just as soon as I return with Tirith. How will I find him? Go to the amphitheater karst at the top of the plaza between the feet of the statue. A door under the right foot was forced open. Follow that tunnel inside to the highest point and you will find a tight passage cut into the wall. Take the stairs down to the pool below, but stay far away from the water. A creature with long arms lives below the surface. To your left you will find a passage between two tall boulders. Go inside to the caretaker's cave where Tyr said he is hiding. He turned to the door but came back and lowered his voice. You should wait here for a while. Mara does not usually listen to me but she will eventually grow tired of standing outside your door and will find something else to stick her nose into. He left the room and closed the door. Kate moved over to the mirror. She'd better wear the medallion just in case the old woman came in to snoop around. Reluctantly she looped it back around her neck. As she pulled the veil off its peg, a door swung open in the wall beside it. A walk-in closet full of clothes. Kate ran her hands over the garments. She would love to try on some of the fancier dresses, but chose a simple tunic and a hooded cloak. She dressed in the room, closed the closet, and took the veil with her to listen at the bedroom door. It was quiet, but a shimmer of light in the crack at the bottom suggested that Mara was still waiting in the outer room. Going back to the bed, Kate lay down under the transparent canopy. The mattress was soft and the covers had a freshly washed scent. The life of a princess was something she could get used to. Closing her eyes, Kate let her head sink into the pillows. She couldn't recall her last decent sleep. A light brightened overhead and Kate groaned. She should have left the medallion on the shelf.